Are you tired of being told what to think and how to act? Well, you are not alone. In case you haven't realized it, you have an internal GPS. It knows all you need to know about how to live your life. So it's about time you stopped letting the media and the government tell you what is true for you. In fact, it is exactly that time. It's time to think for yourself. And here to make sure you're doing just that is your host, mediator, author, and lawyer, Carol Gold. Hi, it is Sunday, September 17th. I'm Carol Gold and welcome to Think for Yourself. I never fail to be amazed and I'm always grateful when situations and circumstances line up in a way that is just undeniably the universe guiding me or you in a specific direction. So to give you a little background on why I say that, the last 48 hours have been the first two days of the Jewish New Year, Rosh Hashanah. And as a Jew, I observe those two days. And right about now, the second night is ending because Jewish holidays begin at sundown and end at sundown. So Friday night sundown till Saturday night sundown is the first night. Saturday night sundown till Sunday. Now, tonight is the second day. Those two days are holy, and as a result, uh, Jews don't work. And we go to synagogue, we attend services, and are prayerful in whatever way. So I couldn't go to services, but I was able to live stream a synagogue out of Louisiana, and I virtually attended services with them. Yesterday, on the first day, the rabbi gave a sermon, and the gist of the sermon was about life, quoting, of course, the Bible, where God says, I set before you this day life and goodness, evil and death. Choose life that you may live. Maybe not exact words, but pretty close. Life is a big theme in Judaism. It, it is a basic tenet of Christian Judeo religious belief. In fact, in Judaism, when we toast, in Hebrew, you say l'chaim, to life. And the prayer for the dead, which is called Kaddish, is actually an affirmation of life. So on the second day of Rosh Hashanah, this particular portion of the Torah of the Bible that is read on the second day of Rosh Hashanah is the Akaida, which is the binding of Isaac. When his father, Abraham, is told to go up and make an offering of his only son, and he complies out of pure allegiance and faith in God. And at the last minute, as we all know, Isaac is saved because God tells through the angels, Abraham, no, not your son. It was, in essence, it was a test. Because nothing is more important than life. When I say that things line up, I'm talking about, in this particular instance, how things lined up for me in the last couple days around this concept of life. So if you have not read or heard or seen, two teenagers in Las Vegas went on a rampage. They stole a car. They participated in two hit-and-run accidents. And then, as if they were playing a video game, they targeted and ran over a man on his bicycle. The whole time these teens were doing that, they were videotaping what they were doing from their car. And they were excited and they were having fun. And as they came upon this man on his bicycle, 
from the back of him, approaching him from the rear. He had no idea they were coming. He was drive, riding up the side of the road. You could hear them saying, oh, look at this one, or this is going to be good. And then they hit him. The man on the bicycle was a retired police officer. He had been a police officer for 37 years. He later died of his injuries. To these young men, life was expendable, was immaterial, had no value. Also recently, I was listening to Jordan Peterson, who was talking about what's happened in Canada in terms of liberal left-wing governance by Trudeau, and also with the laws on assisted suicide that have been passed in Canada and that are currently seeking to expand them to include mental disability or mental health as a cause for allowing someone to kill themselves if they're depressed, if they're unhappy, whatever. And Jordan Peterson was talking about governance in particular. He was talking about governance with compassion. And one of the examples in the particular special video that I was watching about Canada that interviewed Peterson, there was also the interview of a former veteran, a woman who had served in the military in Canada for years, and who, after being injured in a training accident, lost the use of her legs, but went on to become an Olympic medal winner in kayaking and a world champion in kayaking five times over. She's confined to a wheelchair, and in Canada, if you are a veteran and you have a wheelchair, you are entitled to a new one every five years. But because hers was still working and serving its purpose and she didn't want to impose where imposition wasn't needed, she didn't apply for a new wheelchair until the seventh year when it began to no longer work. After applying, it took her five more years to get a wheelchair. And during that time, she had become increasingly incapacitated, but she's still very much vital and very much wants to live. And in one of the calls to the, to the I guess, the Veterans Association or the equivalent of in Canada, when she was expressing her frustration and her depression at waiting for this new chair for five years, the government employee that she spoke with said that she understood the frustration. And if this particular veteran felt it was too much for her to wait for the chair, then the government could help her kill herself. They could help her assist in her suicide. This veteran was devastated by that. She had been fighting depression anyway, on and off, ever since her uh, incapacitation. And here was someone who was suggesting to her that she die, simply because she was frustrated and depressed over her current situation. I also recently watched, from Seattle, station KOMO, a news special titled Seattle is Dying. The special, which is quite long shows all of the homeless and drug-addicted and trash and human feces and all of the problems in Seattle that are destroying this city. And it's not a homeless problem, it's a drug problem. The homelessness is the result of the drugs. And when interviewing people on the street, anyone that was spoken to who is homeless indicated that 100% of the people who are on the street are addicted. 
So they're there because of drugs. They're not there because of homeless, because there are legitimately people in Seattle who are out of work and who've lost their homes, but they're decent people who've lost their jobs and either family has taken them in or they're living in temporary housing, but they're not addicted and they're not on the street. The people on the street are addicted to drugs that are coming into this country illegally. So then I started thinking about the southern border or the current non-enforcement of the, of the southern border by the Biden administration. How the non-enforcement is allowing all these drugs, fentanyl and methamphetamines, etc., to enter the country and to kill what? 100,000 people last year? I, I think that's the statistic. I was also watching busing from the border as these immigrants, these illegal immigrants come over the border. There are buses waiting to take them to Southern Texas towns nearby. The buses are not Governor Abbott's buses, the governor of Texas. They're Biden's buses. They take them and they drop them off at places like dollar store parking lots. They unload the bus. Some of them have families, some of them simply have military-aged men, and they're told by the police or the border patrol agents who drop them off, you can go anywhere you want, you're free. And they leave them there in the parking lot to fend for themselves. And then I read about a Texas real estate developer north of Houston in what's called Liberty County. The city is Plum Grove, Texas, and the community is called Colony Ridge, Colony Ridge is owned and operated by a developer named William Trey Harris. It is, in fact, a community for illegals who are able to buy property without the proper ID that's normally required for real estate transactions, for getting a mortgage. This community is currently the size of Washington, D.C. It is bigger than some major southern cities like Asheville, North Carolina, or Fayetteville, Arkansas. Right now, there are 50 to 70,000 people living there, but they're talking about an expansion and building for 200,000. With a few hundred dollars down, these people can get a home. Why? Because the loans are from the developer himself. He's charging 15% interest at the moment. Again, developer William Trey Harris. And whether or not it's relevant, $1.4 million was donated to Governor Abbott's campaign by William Trey Harris and another 100000 to Abbott's campaign from his wife. The Harrises have also contributed to local politicians that affect the geographic area in which they are building Colonial Ridge. I thought about all of these stories. There is nothing compassionate or life-affirming about culture and technology that combine to teach teenagers it's okay to steal a car and run over a cyclist like they're playing Pac-Man, and if you're younger and don't know what that is, playing Grand Theft Auto in real life, and have a good time doing it, and then posting it to their Facebook page. There is nothing compassionate or life-affirming about how Justin Trudeau and Canadian government is treating its veterans, its infirm, its mentally ill, 
by offering them not the support they should get or are entitled to, particularly the veterans, but rather government-sanctioned and assisted death. There is nothing compassionate or life-affirming about Seattle's mayor and their city council denying that they have a drug problem, calling it instead a homeless problem, and allowing their city to be overrun with addicts and trash and human waste, used needles, crime, and terror. That is not compassionate for the law-abiding citizens, nor is it compassion for the homeless drug addicts. It's no different than what's happening to the immigrants that are coming into this country and told to go wherever they want and basically fend for themselves. There is nothing compassionate or life-affirming about allowing that southern border to be controlled by the Mexican drug cartels, enabling and insisting them in the free flow of illegal drugs and human trafficking into this country, which leads to such abominations and greed as can be seen in Colony Ridge. Because Colony Ridge and the developer is exploiting both U.S. law, because you can own land in the U.S. if you're not a citizen, and also the illegals he is likely indenturing with high-interest loans and cartel presence in a crime-ridden community. There has already been bodies found. There have already been people shot in Colony Ridge. The cartel's presence is there. And the danger, there is nothing compassionate or life-affirming about the danger that this developer is exposing to all law-abiding citizens in Texas, or for that matter, the danger that the politicians in that region, and even Governor Abbott, in allowing this to take place. We really need to understand that greedy, power-hungry, control-freak sociopaths have taken over the culture with wokeness and cancel culture. We really need to understand that these are evil people cloaked in a false sense of compassion. Look, we are a compassionate nation. We're a compassionate people, which is precisely why we need to stop the hijacking of that quality, of that characteristic, of that word, compassion, by those who have nothing other than their own self-interest as their primary goal at the expense of the rest of us. We need to remember one simple axiom that will cure all the dysfunction, and it's this. I call heaven and earth to record this against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. God, the universe, whatever you believe, was the origin of those words. Life equals blessing and death equals curse. We need to choose life in every situation. We each need to choose compassion, of course. We need to choose truth, of course. We need to choose common sense, of course. But above all else, we need to choose life, everything it stands for, 
And in every situation where there is a question about what to do, just simply choose life and you'll have your answer. Thank you for listening. To my Jewish listeners, I wish you a Lashana Tova, a happy and a joyful and a healthy and a peaceful new year. And to all my other listeners, I say what I always say, which is, above all else, think for yourself. Carol thanks you for spending your valuable time with her. It is her mission to empower you to remember how smart and capable you are. Be sure to check out Carol's website, carolgold.com. That's Carol with an E, gold.com. Please leave a review and subscribe here so you'll be alerted to Carol's next podcast. Until then, above all else, remember, it's time to think for yourself.